Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit. All right, we are back in the Detroit is Different Podcast Studios, and I have somebody special here, an MC, a poet, uh, somebody when we think about Detroit art, the name proceeds itself with a heck of a reputation when I'm talking about touching every stage I can think of that you want to touch as an artist. This man has done it with spoken word, actually at a point in time in Detroit where spoken word was one of those things that was, I don't know, like a, a, a art form that people were like, what exactly yeah. is it? He had to sell the art of what spoken word was. <laughs> Guys like, yeah, it's a, it's a spoken word poetry, open mic. Uh. You know, everybody's into it, and yeah, and it's trendy. It is. Talking about like like before Love Jones the movie dropped. Yeah, this man was doing it. Yeah, right before fluent, Love Jones. <laughs> fluent and full effect. What up? What's happening? What's, what's happening? What's happening, my brother? Kari, what's going on, man? Oh, Thanks man. for having me, bro. All day. This should have been happening, but yeah. this may become like a standard. So we know, like I'm around this time, in in the summer, I'm gonna be getting fluent on to see what's happening, like books now events now i'm with that you you working with your sister on a project yeah you know i'm all family yeah uh you working with all types of groups yeah. and some of the people that was just like your homies uh coming to the coffee houses and the places where you were doing poetry now are like running organizations and oh stuff yeah and saying like uh fluent uh can you come and uh give some poetry and stuff so you like doing black tie event poetry yeah, I like that. That's how it works, man. You know, um, and, and that generation, bro, like, you know, me doing stuff here for 20 plus, almost, you know, definitely a little over 20 years now. Um, man, the people I came up with, like the Kari Turners and all that, they're in, you know, situations where they like head of organizations like the Coleman Young yep. Foundation and this and that. And, you know, they're doing so many big things. And I'm just I'm proud of that mahogany generation. Um I uh -huh. think I think we you know we did a lot so yeah the mahogany generation is like there are a couple different places that stand out in Detroit culture I would say of the past of the nineties so oh yeah the mahogany the hip hop shop yeah the shop you know like these are places that are just the culture of it created a a, a shadow that now lives on <laughs> where people talk about it with nostalgia as if like Harlem Renaissance in Detroit. And it sure. was like, one second. It, 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 it's like him. He was, yep. He was that. It was that time. It was kind of like that because the people that came from there, like the slum villages and, and Eminem. I mean, you could be honest about it, bro. Cause the you know, hip hop shop in itself, man, that, that right there is legendary. The people that came through there to the people that came out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, so many times, Royce, Royce five nine, uh, so many knots. I mean, dreadnoughts. Come on, bro. Let's let's get. Oh my god, you know. But what I'm mahogany, yeah. had that same cafe mahogany created that same feel for spoken word mm -hmm. and authors, writers, uh, people that are culturally still in the pulse of black world of writing and just internationally touching on so much stuff yeah. like as that was happening as i just jumped completely into that did you realize that like yo this is like some harlem renaissance shit? it felt special back then 
um, it felt special when I heard of it because <clears throat> there weren't too many places like it. And this is like pre everything being on the internet. The internet was around, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't popping where you're getting all your info from the internet. People still buying newspapers, you know what I'm saying? And picking uh-huh. up Metro Times and, and you know, and fig- figuring out what, th- what was going on. So when I heard of Mahogany, it was like, oh, okay, this is a place where like minded black folks were getting together, you know, and creating art and sharing their art. And I want to be a part of that. Um, and it felt special, you know, when I went. Um, it felt like something I, you know, I, when I think about mahogany today, I can still feel it. I can still smell the way it smelled up in there. I can still picture the colors and, you know, just the whole vibe, the furniture and everything. And, um, it felt like that the people there felt like we were doing something special. You know, we were a family. It felt like this is something that will be a a thing. You know, I, I, it's weird. So a lot of times, you know, after you live through something, you can look back and say that. And it's rare when while you're doing it, you're like, you're like, oh, this is something. But I, I can honestly say, I think when we were doing Mahogany, we knew we had something special. So you had a consciousness then. And you were like the little homie in the mix. <laughs> like you were yeah, like, I was. You was like the kid. I was 19, yeah. I started, I, I started Mahogany when I was 19, and I hosted for three years. And Zayna from Spectacles was the one that invited me to host after I had already been going as an open mic poet. She was like, you know, they needed a host. She asked me to host, and I just kind of held on to that thing with an iron grip for three years, <laughs> as much as I could, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like it was a, it was a, it was that spot. It was like, oh, I ain't about to lose this. This is nice, and and it um I met so many, I made so many friends, man. People like DJ Invisible and people that I respect to this day mm-hmm. that you know travel the world, man. These people do so much with their art. Um, so yeah, it was, it was nothing like it, man. Okay, so let's get into your Detroit story. How these interviews okay. generally start? Sure. Family, uh, what generation Detroit are you? Uh, first, second, third? Ooh, Who was the first question. person in your family to make their way to the Ooh, deep? Wow, man, you getting deep. Ooh, you gotta know your history coming on this show. You ain't playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first, let's see. So I have a. Hmm. Oh man. Oh my. Oh, so I know my my grandfather, my dad's dad, and them. They're from Sop Choppy, Florida. What, wait, wait, wait. Talk about a Sop city I Choppy. Never heard. Yeah, it's a small, it's, it's like swamp. Sop, Sop Choppy. S O P C H O P P Y. Okay, That's, what, what mean, the hell was going on when they named yeah. that city? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a city, it's, it's like a block, a, right? it's a like patch a of land. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plot. <laughs> it was like. That's like a, a town. How many people probably in that town? Man, there could be like 50 to 100 for all I know. Oh, man. If that even is, that, oh, I don't even right. know. So it's like if you get a girlfriend that's like your same age, you got to hold on to her from like kindergarten on. Yeah, that's wife. <laughs> <laughs> you marrying her or, je- or Jeb down the street going to marry her. You could talk about so like, oh, right. I messed up in third grade. It's like, oh, I'm going to be single the rest of my life unless that's I move. It. That's funny. People making lifelong commitments for kindergarten, kindergarten out there. Like, look, ain't too many of us. That's, this whole, this, this, that's this how thing. you know you in a small town. Like, yeah. hey, you messed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he pushed me off the swing set. Yeah, yeah. Messed up. That's messed up. That's it. <laughs> you hit for the rest of your life. All right, where about but, in Florida? So uh, it's Florida. You know, I can't even tell you exactly where. It, I've never been to Sop Choppy. I've been to Tallahassee. It's near Tallahassee. Okay, that's northern. It's, it's northern. Okay. So. I got a lot of family all throughout Florida. Um, and it's rare because, you know, Florida is not one of the states that a lot of the black folk in Detroit, you know, are from. It's that's, generally that's Alabama, Mississippi, Alabama, yeah, Georgia. Georgia. But Florida, those Floridians were like, they were going to New York, or they were heading west, or they were heading to Texas. You're right. Yeah. You know, so making their way from Florida, where did your uh, grandfather end up settling in? Did he end up in Black Bottom like most people? Whew. 
You know, I don't, I'm not sure. Side? So, okay, so my mother's side, they're from New Orleans, and they came to the east side. Oh, okay. All right, so that, so that's uh, that's the Morton side of the family. And on the green side, that's the grandfather from South mm-hmm. Choppy. Um, I want to say, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not even, I'm not sure where he settled in at first, but I believe it's most. I think it's primarily been West Side. Okay. For my dad's side of family, and then on my mom's side, definitely right from New Orleans. Um, and my mom was born here, and I think maybe like I have one or two aunts and uncles that were born in New Orleans, and there anybody else. She had my grandparents had twelve kids. On my mom's side, yeah, she had six boys and six girls. Dang. So I think like one or two were born in New Orleans, and the rest of them were born wow. here. East side, yeah, like straight, wow. and with the Kettering and uh, okay. and King, you okay. know. Yeah, so east side, east side for sure, East Side for down, sure. yep. Okay, so that they went, they settled right into Black Bottom. And yeah, like I say, Louisiana way, is yeah. rare too. Yeah, for for this area, yeah, it's very rare. So they was probably getting into all types of fights in the Black Bottom. Man, I'm sure they were, man. <laughs> like you know, and there's you ain't from Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And then plus they all they all like look like some debarges or something. Like my mom's like, <laughs> it's funny. I'm, I'm gonna talk about it, but it's true. They a bunch of being Creole. They a bunch of light skinned Creole debarge looking yeah. Negroes, and that's cool. But you know, that's that's what yeah, they are. You, so you know, yeah, light skinned. Dudes they, they, always got to know how to scrap. They, I guess they thing. did, right? My Uncle Joe, you know, yeah, my Uncle Joe ain't no joke. I could picture he was the one probably protected everybody because he, <laughs> he probably the toughest one out of all of them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, that East End, what uh, what was your mom doing? What was it like growing up? What was she into? <sighs> so my mom is a um, she worked in the pharmacy forever at Providence <laughs> as a tech, like forever. And my dad's a musician. My mom worked in the pharmacy, and um, so what? So. Uh, long story short, my grandmother on my dad's side had a pharmacy in the city of Detroit, three different ones at um, different times, called Physicians Drug Center. She was, you know, a black woman, entrepreneur, pharmacist. Wow. And then, and, and, and around what era was this? So she had, oh, this, oof. This so is was this during like the 50s, 60s? Oh, definitely, yeah. She was one of the first black businesses to integrate 8 Mile. Damn. Uh, you'd appreciate this history, definitely. And she had a store in Linwood, right by where the, where, where the um, 67 uh, Rebellion or Riots mm. broke out, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And then um, she... Uh, had a store on Alexandrian and Woodward, right around the corner from the Magic Stick and the Majestic. Wow. Like wow. right over there, that big brown apartment building, yeah. the Bicentennial, yeah. there's a row of stores right below there, and hers is right there. Mm-hmm. Now it's still a pharmacy, so anybody you want a little Detroit history on Alexandrian and Woodward, there's a far more pharmacy. That used to be my grandmother's store. I grew up literally in that store. Wow. Yeah, like I was a kid from a baby to a grown man I was working. When I was doing That's mahogany, I was working there. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that was old school. Yeah. It's like you you have to like you give birth to the people that's going to work here. Yeah. It, it really including was. Your mama. Yeah, including <laughs> so uh, so my mama, so my mom, that was my dad's mom that had the um pharmacy, but my mom was in pharmacy work, so she came to apply for a job. My dad hired her. Oh, so your and dad was like, like yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm about to keep it professional. And he was like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I got to go west, I can head east first if need be. Right, if need be. So she ended up working for them, and then they ended up getting married. Mm. And next thing you know, bam, you know, it's us. So, yeah. Ain't that something? Yeah, man. So, so in this whole mix of entrepreneurship, a black woman entrepreneur at yeah. the time. Yeah, Ain't no telling. Your grandma probably had stories for days, but. Oh, yeah. But what what was her demeanor like? What do you remember? Oh her? man, well she was a very spiritual woman, mm-hmm. um, hard worker. She lived to be her late nineties, lived to her late nineties. She was working all the way up. She's about early nineties, bro. Like working. Seriously? Yes. She was sharp, man. Like she oh, had man. passion. I, that's why I always tell people, you man. Could, you want to live? Couldn't slack off working there. So nah, uh-uh. Like Ninety-one year old person. Uh, yes. Putting in work, you can't be like. Come on. Tomorrow we're going to see the point. So Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, she 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 was no joke. She instilled a really good work ethic in me and I didn't realize I had that work ethic until I got 
older and into the things that I love, my passion. Because she applied her work to her passion, which was community, pharmacy, helping people, hmm. being about the community. And I thought maybe I was just a slacker artist guy till I discovered poetry and producing events, which showed me that I really do care about this city and I care about this work. And I saw that I have an awesome work ethic that I, when you know, I apply it to these things that I really care about. Um, so I learned a lot from her, man. But growing up with her, you know, as working for her and her as a person, she was an amazing woman, um, very spiritual. Uh, she's an evangelist, too, so she would travel and preach. And she had businesses. So she was so multifaceted, bro. She was just an amazing black woman. She was the head of the Booker T Business Association at one point. I think she was the first black woman to head it. Um, she... Uh, Man, she was just, she was, she's just, she, oh, she graduated from Wayne State when it was just um, Old Main, which just that one building. Just Wayne State was one building, that was it, not this, you know, yeah, wide Wayne campus. Yeah. Traditionally had its challenges with black folk, but I saw oh. when it was one building, it was like, yes. oh, man. So I'll tell you. Yo, yo, your grandma was probably attending Wayne State dealing with such a level of discrimination yeah. that you and I couldn't even fathom it. Oh yeah, man. She so her story was always been she wanted to be a doctor, but back in the day, you know, they were only letting one black person a year go to medical school, and of course, it, yeah. And plus, that she had to deal with the patriarchy and she deal with the racism on top of that. So it was like we're gonna let a black man go, we ain't gonna let this woman go. You know, if anybody black get in this thing, we gotta let one in, we gonna let the man in. You know what I'm saying? So and she had to deal this, with that. And she still was like, All right, I'm still doing it. So I, I'm still going into the medical field, but. Mm -hmm. Let me go into pharmacy. It was an easier route for her. It was still something she cared about. She could still service the people and still be about her community and still make some money because she recognized business and the, and the potential to grow. Mm -hmm. So she got an internship with a, um, a Jewish guy that had a, um, a pharmacy, and she worked for him. And then after a while, he eventually sold her the store. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ain't that something? Yep. So her first store, was it the one on 8 Mile? Yeah, 8 Mile first, then Linwood, then Alexandria. And actually, you know what? 8 and, uh, eight and what Street. Oh, I like know. what close to what? Wish I brought my dad with me, bro. You know what? But you, you're challenging me to really know these details because I need uh, to know. I gotta pass these stories on and not just loose versions of them. So that's this is good. Um, I, I'm not sure which street. I need to find that out. But I know it's off Eight Mile. Was it east or west? Uh, I want to say east. Okay. I, I would like to say east. Yeah. Okay. Like definitely east of Wood. Yeah, Wood East. But maybe just east of Woodward, not like so, so like deep. John R. Yeah, probably okay. in between John R. Yeah, somewhere like along there. Where the new Meyer is, it's like yeah. probably so. If a girl had a story, I, I, for some reason I feel like that's the area. Yeah, back where that new Meyer is, right, <laughs> right where that uh, lens craft is, whatever's over there. It's a, lot right. of, it's a lot of new pharmacies up street. Pharmacies. Street pharmacies, right? <laughs> The street pharmacy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At East State Fair, it gets. <laughs> oh, it gets real. Right, that's the area, right? It gets yeah. very. It gets it real. Gets very. Uh, let's put it like this. Uh, Vice will probably be doing some documentary on East State Fair in like yeah. two years from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. I read an article about that too, which is interesting. Now people will catch the the bus, the heroin bus from the suburbs. And come right there by their uh, drugs and go right back. It's like hey. that Woodward bus. Get off right over there and get their little stuff and get right back bro, to the bird. Bro, <laughs> it, it, that, uh, you know, people talk the Mac and Bewick. Yeah. People talk uh, the Brightmore area. Yeah. yeah. Like some of the stuff over in that, in that distinct, like I would say, like kind of like that box, like John R., like East State Fair. Yeah. To John R. Yeah. Maybe over to Ryan up to eight mile. Like that whole little box is so Yeah. It's 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 real over it's here. It's real over like, there. Like it where people don't even talk about it. Because yeah. it's definitely one of those neighborhoods where like if you don't really know people over there, yeah, you ain't going over there. 
I hear that. Unless you, really you cop. Don't. Unless you I cop, and that's true. Because I don't really know if that's true. It's a heavily, it's, it's that, that's that area. Because mm-hmm. I don't ever be over there for nothing. Like, I'm sure I, cousin, friend, nothing. Yeah. Like, you're right. Maybe Up in that like little pocket. 10 years would be gentrified as ever. It would be oh, like, damn, like, they got high rises over there. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> yep, definitely. I have a new name for it. Yeah, I know. They'll call it oh, the place you used to cop is now the place you live. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so your pops, what did your pop? You said music. Yeah, what, he's a, uh, he's a jazz musician. He uh, plays keyboards. Keys. Yeah, yeah, keys, man. He's um, I grew up with music, man. Like uh, when I was a kid, was he bro. Always like in it. Was he serious? Like in the jazz? So like yeah. you had to learn like music, music, and like when you came in with um, I don't know, I don't even know what what would be like you know music that kids like that he wouldn't like. You know nah. what I'm saying? Well, you talking about for back then, back for me, it was stuff like X Clan and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Pete Rock and CL. But Smooth I'm talking about like real young stuff, like oh. pop, pop music when you were a kid. Like, JJ Fad, Super yeah, Son- yeah, I remember being in the car and Supersonic came on. I was and like, then, turn this up. He was like, no. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> with your dad, like, oh, yeah, what, what is, is this? this? Yeah. What is this girl? Right, right. You know, oh, yeah. from Sir Mix-a-Lot. He like... <laughs> you know, he actually, he likes Sir Mix-a-Lot. Because he, he had big booty girls in his videos. My dad was with that. <laughs> and but you can understand what he was saying was like, a little let's bit. See, let's see the art of this. Yeah. Let's see the art of this. Yeah. Beepers. Yeah, beepers, beepers, right. It was Sir Mix-a-Lot was kind of dad friendly. He looked like somebody dad. He had a, you know... He wore the hats like somebody dad. Yeah, he, you know, did. He, he did. He had he that did. vibe. He did have the old school Boston. He did. Like the, the dad Bossolini hat. Yeah, Bossolini. Like Mozzie Ski. Mozzie Ski. Woo. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, your dad was heavy into like real music, I'm guessing, man. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's all real music, but definitely for him, it was, uh, you know, jazz, man. Like growing up, um, I was, you know, we had all the records. I remember the mini Ripperton album cover. With the snow, with the ice cream cone, thinking, who is this? You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. like that. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, really good. Miles Davis and Errol Gardner and mm-hmm. Thelonious Monk and um, really classic music being played in the house and incense burning. My dad always had a studio. This this reminds me, like, of what your dad Like, going, my saying. dad's, you know, he, you know, middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, my dad's practicing in his studio and I'd get up and he have an incense going. Probably oh, after he done blaze some, whatever, you know, who knows. Yeah. And then I go in there, and, you know, it's, it's a whole vibe where he just practicing something, and I just sit there and watch him and just chill out with him. The, the black know? velvet pla- painting era. Yes, and he had a <laughs> black velvet painting, I'm pretty sure, of a naked black woman. Sure, no, I'm, that was that I'm pretty sure. Me and uh, my yeah. homie, you know, Sterling. We always oh, call, Sterling that, the, we call that the uh, the gold medallion era black dude. <laughs> I get that. And chest hair, gold medallion yep, and chest yep. hair. <laughs> And silk. <laughs> yep. That's like, how is Sterling? Sterling a genius, man. Yeah. I was just a... Yep, yep. Me and Sterling always talk about that. It went from, like, them type of black dudes. Like, you know, like, them was the coolest. Like, really young. Them being the real cool black dudes that yeah. they kick out. Then, like, the dude with the Sergio Tashini. Sergio Tashini, boy. And Ooh. then the dude, you know, in, in some top tens. Like, the, the, yeah. the, you know, the YBI era. Yeah. And then came in like, oh, man, they kind of of my era. You know, the overalls, baggy jeans. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, it just kept shifting this level of cool. But still, like, that gold medallion level of cool, it was a different type of dude. So That's very true. I can imagine. Uh, with your dad playing, when was the first time you saw him do something live? 
you know, it's it's. I've, I used to go with him so many places when I was a kid. I don't remember the first time, but I mean, I definitely my fond memories are going places like London Chop House and mm. places that aren't even open no more. Now London Chop House is open again. They opened it back up some years ago. But I remember places that, and, and anybody old head that knows about jazz in Detroit knows these names, like Dummy George. There's a place called Dummy George, and it was started by a guy named George who was a dumb waiter at a restaurant, and um, which was an old job. I don't even know what a dumb waiter does, but that was a title at one point. Um, he opened a restaurant, and I remember dad playing there, London Chop House, a place out in Novi called Key Largo. Uh, um, man, I remember Burt's when Burt's used to be, I, I believe, off Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Like, I remember being a kid going, my dad's played a jazz fest all the time. This is when a jazz fest had a heavy leaning on booking black acts that are actually playing jazz in the city. So now their black acts got to be. That has completely shifted it's, right yeah, now. No, it, now it's like they, they find like a headlining black act yeah. that's more universally known and yeah. then kind of. Fill it in with white people and Japanese people. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's be honest with it. Let's be honest about that. Detroit is definitely different right now, though. <laughs> but um, it's uh, that's that's what it feel like, man. It feel like um, they don't really care. And my dad put it to me like this too, talking about how um, you know, they'll get a lot of Wayne State because uh, it's a lot of politics around that. But I know they get a lot of Wayne State students, um, like the student jazz bands, different people affiliate with Wayne State. Plus, um internationally known acts and stuff but jazz just like hip-hop it's it's not being seen as a, a black art form anymore no um even though it, it was something that was created by us out of things that existed i but. mean jazz is such a like culturally the concept of it because what it means my interpretation of it mm-hmm. it is it i just know it cuts so many ways because you know it's like smooth jazz yeah music then you got like the today the person that studied jazz. Yeah. And then it's like I know it's people that actually created it that weren't studying it from that perspective. They were going on like, you know, cuz my dad really liked um like Cannonball Adderley. Oh yeah. Uh Mtume, um okay. a lot of like the the some of like the the fusion stuff, like I mean, me personally, I like a lot of that Ronnie Law stuff. Obviously, the Blackbirds, like yeah, this oh, feel yeah, where you're playing with jazz, but it's it's you know, like the the jazz artist that is classically trained as a musician <clears throat> between classical music and gospel, yeah, and then combining that and building their own forms of expression in their own timing and their own. Uh, in their own signatures and stuff like it was yeah. something different going on with jazz where when i think of it but then i have to pull back and i have to say okay what's your interpretation of jazz and what? that's what i think it is become today because even going to the jazz fest like going from stage to stage to stage and you hear it yeah but it's like okay yes this person has studied jazz they went to school for jazz yeah and it sounds cool but what is missing is the whole conceptual intentionality that went behind, you know, <laughs> how this music was created in the first place. Yeah, like, and you gotta have some soul, man. Like you gotta really, you know, my like this. You can have anybody can have chops. Like you can practice and be good at, at, at whatever. At, yeah, sure. But mm-hmm. there's something 
innate that you just not ever gonna be taught. I mean, there are some of the best jazz musicians probably in the streets right now probably didn't even study. You That's know? the but um, that was the essence of yeah. like when I hear those stories of um, like Coltrane and those guys just like yeah. going from bar to bar to bar to bar up and down like Dexter and Linwood when those jazz <laughs> bars were here. Yeah, and it wasn't because it was because yo I want to hit with these guys. Yes, you know not because it's like you know I want to be heard or or whatever like you know and I'm gonna get in this mix. You know it was actually. Uh, Dawood Muhammad that broke down the whole concept, you know, minister Dawood Muhammad at the point, but <clears throat> John Coltrane's representation of what God meant to him through a love supreme and that tied into more of his relationship with how to convey the idea of Allah to other people and I'm like, damn, that's deep. Hmm. Yeah, well, Coltrane, man, that was a deep brother right there. And just his sense of spirituality and the way he brought us into it. You know, like you said, an understanding of that. Yeah, yeah but that's not like sitting in class, like, no. listening <laughs> to something and, and the teacher grading you on Oh, that. God, no. And we got to get we got to get out of this whole, you know, look, look, man, like there are things, especially black folks. I'm just going to get black real quick for a minute because I just, yeah. I got to go back to there this and, go. Be, and be honest about it. Um, we just have this thing in us that, you know, you can't, it can't be taught. And when someone's trying to bottle it, teach it, sell it, it's insulting a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? When we, we just, we just, we're creators. We will create something, um, create subgenres in that thing, get bored with it, move on to something else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why people 50 years later are still doing that thing we created in a different way. And we got hip hop. We got this. We got that. You know what I'm saying? And then we got so many different types of hip hop. You know? Um, yeah. We're just a genius people, and I think that um, you know these 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 classes. Like, like for instance, I do poetry workshops, right? I don't mm -hmm. feel like I teach poetry. Mm -hmm. I just facilitate writing mm -hmm. because I can't teach nobody how to be a poet or to write poetry. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's like I didn't go to school for for poetry. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to college. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a high school dropout, like, for real. Like, I am. A lot of people don't even know that, but I am. And I say that with pride now because I do a lot now. But there was a time I would never say that. <laughs> but now I'm like, I'm a high school dropout. Like I said, like, to show that you can still make something happen if you're tenacious, you know what I'm saying? Um, and you believe in yourself and you're smart enough to actually soak in other things. Uh, but, um, and I don't say that with pride. Like, that's a, a thing to be proud of. No, not at all. But I'm just proud of myself and my resilience despite, you know what I'm saying? But, um... I had to just pick up things off the streets, learn from people like people I, I admire, you know, the Kari Turners, the um, uh, Jamal May. Uh, there are people out here that are beasts with it, you know, that are poets that are awesome. Back when I when I watch people like Kari, Kari, when I bring up Kari Turner a lot, because that was like my my mentor, my poetry mentor. When he was doing his thing at Mahogany, when he had Black Bottom Collective, he was organized, he had it together and he was spitting bars, you know what I'm saying? And really getting his point across in a, in a real way that I appreciate it. So I had to learn from other people, like see their blueprint and pick these out and figure these things out. <clears throat> and I wanted to, like you say, hitting with other um, musicians and all that. Felt like that back in the day. I wanted to be around people like Royce or Eminem, or and just see and see what the proof. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, last ones out, Dreadnoughts. You know what I'm saying? Um, dog, like people like that are historic that I remember. People don't even talk about like Bugs, like this, this cat, that brother Bugs, <clears throat> who was at Thirty One Flavors. That, that brother was a genius. And unfortunately, he lost his life on Belle yeah. Isle. But um, 
that brother to me, he was like the best freestyle I've ever heard. I, you know, I only heard Bugs once. Yeah, uh, I'm I have a different affinity to Proof. Rest in peace to Bugs and Proof. Yes, but yeah, Proof was like a, a, a yeah, like Proof was. Uh, I mean, as talent, and then the weird thing about Proof is as talented as Proof was a performer, yeah, and a freestyler and a rapper. Just this, like proof is the essence of blackness because like his personality alone yeah. was just like it was like God damn you you yeah. wanted to meet him like like yeah. people say like you know kind of like that scene when when Charlie Murphy's like I met uh, uh, Rick James and I saw his R it was like yeah. oh, just like, yeah. like proof's energy yeah was was all encompassing like that like if proof was feeling silly he can like his energy would move through the room. If he did, was, yeah. had a bad day, yeah, you you that would affect it. If proof was, you know, like it was like you'd be like, damn, yeah. And then and then because it, it was always puzzle me before meeting him. I'm like, man, how's this dude in um in this group with D12, oh, which right. is like rapping about like yeah, God knows what like right. crazy sick lyricism stuff, right. Then he's in Five Ella, which is right. rapping about like some progressive black consciousness space, yeah. And he's in Goon Squad, and which Goon is Squad. making booty music. Booty like, music. how is he the same guy? And it's like, and then you meet him, and it's like, oh. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I was conflicted back then, too, because I didn't ride on them different. I was, listen, man, I, I went to Oak Park High School. Uh-huh. Same grade as Royce, by the way. Same, you know, class and everything. So, but I went to Oak Park, grew up on the west side, kind of regular, uh, basic middle class Detroit lifestyle. I wasn't no drama, grew up a nice kid. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't ride all those different lines and I didn't like dip my hands in those different pockets of darkness and dankness and and street stuff until I got a little older and I'm like hanging out at after hour parties because the people I was friends with or whatever. So I didn't really know you could be that multifaceted. I, I knew there were people out there like that, but I figured back then my limited yeah. um, way of knowing the world was either like you hood or you're this, you know what I'm saying? Or you're this, or you're that. And proof was just a Detroiter. He was the, like you say, he was the essence he of Detroit, is the essence, West Side, East yeah. Side, everything. Like proof, yeah. Like more so than anybody. Yeah. If you were like, okay, um, like he's one of those classic Detroiters where he could almost tell you anything, and you really don't want to believe it, <laughs> then you do want to believe it. Yeah. Like where it's like. Yeah, man, you know, the president coming into town and my uncle going to be doing security. So if you really want to pick up like an extra $300 or something, we can carry the president's bags. And it's like, is is this serious? <laughs> <laughs> like what? How? <laughs> but that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then, and then at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like no, uh, like no, the, the grimiest after hour spot. Yeah. And then the next day, go to the most high-class sushi restaurant and then tell you the right way that, like, nah, nah, you're supposed to use this sauce with this sushi. Yeah. And you're like, this is some Detroit shit. Yeah, he, he, he man. That and was, it was a, it's a lot of Detroiters like that. There are. You know, there are. Um, like, they have been connected to so many different worlds and so many different cultures. Yeah. In a lot of sense, you're that today. Like, your social circle, your background, you know, and, and I want to kind of even go further. As you said, like, 
even with high school, I never even knew you dropped. Like you said, I never knew you dropped out because I'm thinking like with everybody that you work with, you just be shoulder to shoulder. So when you made that decision, what what was the like margin call that was like, mm, I ain't really checking for this? It just was a lack of commitment. You know, I'm not going to say that. I didn't value education because I was a, a goofy, nerdy enough kid. I'd read books and be interested in, in knowledge and all types of wild things. I'm into knowledge, you know, but I just didn't care about the social aspect of it. I never felt like I fit in too much. Uh-huh. Um, I started to skip and just I was trying to like lose my virginity back then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the truth. Like trying to smash. I was trying to smash. Yeah. You know that could easily over yeah. a guy's life that may take somewhere between seven to fifteen years. Yeah, right? for me it was it was seventeen years of <laughs> <laughs> trying to smash and finally the seventeenth I got so maybe like from thirteen to seventeen I had like a four year run of just no success whatsoever. Uh, like going hard with it, you know. <laughs> but in between there, a couple of little experiences, but it wasn't smash it. It's just like yeah, no, spin the bottle, you nothing. Smash it, it's like, you oh, know, yeah, I'm turned out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think that it was just me not really caring about the dumbness of it, mm-hmm. you know, or just knowing that none of this stuff was really applied to where I wanted to go. I saw myself hosting events. I saw myself rapping. That's when I was You're really late. like, I'm gonna be a rapper. Uh-huh. So forget this. I'm straight on this. <laughs> so, so within the world of poetry, yeah. how did you step from MCing over to poetry? Uh, I think being and you the, still and you still got rhymes. Yeah, man, I still got bars. That's the thing about it. Like I sometimes I when Jay Z put out like the last, I'm like, dog, this dude older than me. He putting out, you know what I'm saying? Like, what am I not rapping for? Like, I can't let anything stop me from rapping. But I think that poetry just became. Natural progression for me being the kind of person I am, my personality, mm-hmm. uh, uh, being sensitive to the world, I would say, and, and detail oriented when it comes to like just noticing shit, you know, um, like I like nature and hippy dippy stuff. So I think that um, my raps are always more along the common line of things. You know what I'm saying? I would talk about spirituality, women, Detroit stuff like Chica- like he would talk about Chicago women, mm-hmm. growth as a man letting go of old things picking up better habits like that that was my uh my idol for lack of a better term when it came to hip-hop because he was a regular dude from the midwest da, da, da. so you can see him today now he's doing things that require him to do like spoken word or the, you know what i'm saying and I, it's just a natural progression so me personally i just think that um i was going hard with hip-hop i put out stuff i was doing stuff here i was right you know working with people and doing you know i got a lot of a nice little collection of stuff that I did, but I think that um, I think the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, was always pulling me towards poetry and something with a real purpose where I can affect change in a different way. Now, um, you know what's so unique about that? As I think about a lot of like your, uh, it's it's funny. Like I've sat <laughs> and listened to some of your some of your pieces, and mm-hmm. it's like. <clears throat> Before I even knew that you could spit, I'm like, I could see that. But I also could see that through poetry, you've it's the because the 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 format of it, it allows you now like a, a more open space to really get more into the details mm-hmm. of some of the things you talk about. Like uh my favorite piece that you have where you really get into like the definitions of 
in the de the definitions of and how some of the streets in Detroit are defined, what they were named after and how, and like these ties to like, I mean, things that now, like, it's funny you mentioned Jay-Z, but you know, it's like you, <laughs> you dying over a street that you're, <laughs> where your mama written, oh, yeah. but like you, you were, it's like, you have like a series of pieces that are tying to like how we, you know, feel so married to these streets when it's really like our relationships with people or this is my interpretation and i'm thinking to myself like damn i could see how this is in a rhyme format and i'm like but how do you even put that into a rhyme yeah well i mean yeah you just you know yeah man when it, it, so i guess you, what you're saying is like how would you put your feelings about these streets and what our relations to them yeah, because like the the that that structure of flow, and I guess maybe because I'm too married to the idea of how flow goes and yeah. rhyming and and the structure of it. Yeah, I don't know. You know. Well, yeah, I, I think poetry just allows me a lot of freedom mm -hmm. with sound and space, whereas hip hop, it's like you got that beat that's gonna be there. Yeah, it can go off somewhere else. It could change. You could do whatever, but you're still kind of you're paying reverence to that beat, you know what I'm saying? Because that beat is a thing that kind of predicts what we do, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, we can have fun with it, with the flow going on and off. You can be offbeat and come back on that thing. You can do whatever mm -hmm. you want. But with poetry, it's just an inner rhythm that I'm rocking with. And I try to relate that to people so it's not like this thing that you're constantly hearing, but you will hear it through syllables or wordplay and different, you know, and just through the words. Um, mm -hmm. You can hear the rhythm. So I still, I still, I, I still apply my hip hop sensibilities to my poetry, because um, that's just who I am. You mm -hmm. know, what I'm saying that's just how I started my first writing was writing raps. So um, a lot of my hip hop sensibilities definitely, definitely goes to my poetry. I like rhyming. I, I have no problem with rhyming. Um, I think people are snoot, snooty about rhyming a lot of times when it comes to poems. I'm like, nah, you know, it's it's okay. And I like to play with it. I like to jump back off a of rhyme and come back to it. I like to not rhyme at all. I like to use rhythm, make you think you're rhyming, but you ain't. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I like to play around with it, but I just think that um, I love poetry because poetry allows me to really give people these words. Ain't no other distractions. It's these words. And mm -hmm. I, I like writing stuff that can maybe sit with you a little bit, especially when it comes to Detroit, man. I love talking about the city and you know, yeah. like, yep, how, we, how we live here, you know? Yeah, and you have some very, more so than anybody else's takes. And I know you probably get this a whole lot because sometimes people, I'll say something and people think that. But <laughs> you'll say exactly what I'm thinking <laughs> and I haven't even put the words together. And I'm like, yep, that's it. That's it, yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the poet's job is to speak for people that feel like them. So it ain't got to be for everybody, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm speaking for when I, you know, okay, so Detroit feels me because, you know, I, I did this thing the other day, this thing, Good Pitch Local, which is, uh, you, you were there, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. this is why we hooked to set this up. So I read a poem to open it up, and I read a very Detroit poem. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I was like, I'm going to read something for the people that are from Detroit that mm -hmm. feel me. And it wasn't even like, like, you had to be from here to understand. This is about gentrification, about changes. It's called Cass Corridor Number 1. Talking about the old Cass Corridor as opposed to it being Midtown. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what the poem is called. And so you had to really, I gave people some perspective. I said, this is for, basically, because we had people from all over around, you know, whatever, around the world. And I was like, this is for the old version of whatever city you're from. Because mm -hmm. I, if you're from Brooklyn, if you're from Houston, you're from Toronto, you know about gentrification. 
you know, you've seen it in different neighborhoods. You've seen restaurants close and condos pop up. You've seen mom and shop pops, uh, mom and shop, mom and pop shops clothing, closing, and then other mm-hmm. places opening up. You you know about these changes, so this is just you know, I just wanted people to relate, you know, relate to that vibe, which is um that Detroitness. But mm-hmm. I, I rep for the city hard, man. Like this, yeah, I like that you said that. Like, I appreciate you saying that because I I feel really strongly about speaking for Detroiters. Yeah, you, you know? say some stuff about Detroit where it's like yeah. Like I said about that proof, like, and it's layered too, you know, where like, it's not all from like the idea of like, you know, cause, cause there's so many different swords in it. You know what I mean? It'd be, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a city where, you know, maybe the, the, you know, one of, one of Malcolm X's lieutenants that was helping him organize the, the nation of Islam here. Yeah lives right next door to like you know the west side's biggest pimp you know what i'm saying but you know what i'm saying and then they yeah. they, they cut grass together and then they you know they they do you know they yeah. they, they bought some swing sets for the kids you know what i'm kids, saying but yeah. that's it's like it's like but it, i'm like yeah man that's some you know that's some detroit shit right there like yeah the, like it's some of this stuff you look at it and you say i thought it'd be different but it isn't different yeah no, it's definitely Detroit, man. We're we're everything, and we're yeah. all these things, you know. And for us to ignore any of these things is not being real. That's why I'm glad that I had the experiences I had in life. Not you know, not graduating, catching that Dexter bus from Northland to downtown. Uh, Sixteen, bro. Well, on the sixteen, I man, got the six, yeah, I got on, some bro. sixteen stories. Or or the Hamilton, whatever one came first. Because oh, you're trying to get downtown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hamilton was a different rodeo, bro. <laughs> it was a rodeo. That's a different but, rodeo. <laughs> it's crazy that God kept me, man. Cause I was always this nice guy riding these buses. I'd be by myself going to just going to the Drews on a Friday night, just trying to get to St. Andrews. Coming back late, oh, three man. o'clock after going like to eat down Mediterranean somewhere downtown. You hopping on the bus. This is when the buses ran twenty four hours, mm. so you could still catch it late, you know, from downtown. Yeah, not, yeah you yeah. you only catching certain buses. Yeah, I remember it was it was a point in time where I was taking the bus so much I knew. Like, you know, you could look at the top of the bus and know which bus it was. Yeah. It was weird. It was like, oh, yeah, that's the Hamilton. That's the Hamilton. You just see which one's covered, yeah. <laughs> By a color yeah, in the, in the yeah. distance. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. On the horizon, yeah. And then people were like, how do you know that? It's like, man, know. I don't even know, man. You just- <laughs> <laughs> Got bus sense, yeah. That's what happens, man. You know how to take a sleep. You know how to go to sleep on the Dexter Come at on. the right time to wake yes. up right before your stop. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Seriously. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah, so yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about uh, performance space today. Um, Yeah. What do you see uh, as you're doing? You have a big show coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, This is going to preview that show. Talk a little bit about that, and then we'll talk about just the the scape and the scope of what do you think on the uh, open mic scene in Detroit today. Okay, so uh, first talk about the show I got coming up. So July uh, 28th, which is... um, uh, this coming Saturday, it'll be at the Anamdi Gallery uh, for Contemporary Art. It's called Please Her, Please Him. It's a night of romantic poetry, sensual soul, art everywhere, uh, beautiful people getting together, having a good time. Uh, please come through, brother. I'll put you on my list. Okay. Um, and it's just going to be a good vibe, man. Just I will I will be in effect. My brother. As I generally got up. the 45 rule. 
I, I like I like your this is what's so weird even about poetry. It's like a short I know so many spoken word poets, but I'm not even really in that culture. I always look at you like as MCing with it. Uh like, okay, so like you, obviously my brother in name, Kari, Kari Turner. Yeah. But he's of MC World too, and yeah. we'll see. Well, you know, and then yeah. sometimes like you know you'll get to the place and, and then i know yours won't be like this but people will do that erotic poetry and it'll be just like this is corny as hell. yeah no i bro let me tell you something i completely and utterly, <laughs> utterly i hate erotic poetry i hate these erotic poetry shows i'm gonna go on the record and say it. i don't care who here it is though i don't care see me see me in these see streets <laughs> pull up no, like, like, <laughs> like the waters your thighs look like your ass Jesus, man. <laughs> like, it just, hey, man. <laughs> it be dudes that ain't having sex they ain't doing nothing they ain't getting none they trying so hard that night that's their chance and they putting everything they can it's like daniel's son in the final fight bro they like crane kicking all night trying to get it in bro that's like that's whereas you uh, always presented something like i don't think you've ever said something that didn't seem very conversation like i say it's real it feels like flow where it's, I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's flow. So it's, yeah, I'm It's there. gotta I'm be. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and it, I don't, and plus, I don't book people that do the stereotypical erotic stuff. I just can't do it. You know, it's just like, why do y'all doing this? Like, if you really want to have sex with a woman, write something dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, like, let her, I don't, if you're really, I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like, who are you, who are you meeting that really is like, oh, yeah. I mean, I see the women. I, I don't even want to get into this, bro. I'm, I'm going to open up a, let's go. <laughs> I'm about to sound like all types of uh, people right now. And I don't want to. I don't want to go there. But I will say, I just I respect poetry too much to do corny stuff with it like that. I and so I really want people to come and get a really good leave a good taste in their mouth when it comes to spoken word poetry. People have a, a idea in their head of what yeah. this is. And you, you yeah. I've always felt like you kick it like um, the longest run. Was when you invited me to the joint you were doing with Sugar Ray for a while. Oh yeah, that was and then fun. I just kept coming because I'm like, yo, this is a dope vibe. It's fun. Was it, yeah. I don't know if it was you or Nick Speed that told me to come to that one day. Oh dope, I was like, yeah. Yo, this was dope, and I'm like, Floyd is real dope. I'm like, I Thanks, knew he was man. dope, but he's real dope. <laughs> Thank you. So, man. so the 28th, 28th, it's yeah. gonna be a series. Please her, please him. Yeah. So. James Morris from DSC Detroit has these dope. So if you are uh, DSCDetroit.com, I recommend anybody go and check out his stuff, DSCDetroit.com. He's been in business over 10 years, downtown Detroit. Yep. You know James. And we know what it is. He's got these shirts with these bold statements that say things like respect her, please her, protect her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's real stuff. So when I saw that, I was like, this is begging for a series. This is like, mm -hmm. it was just too on the head, you know, like, okay, this is dope. I need to do something with this. So I asked him if he, how he felt about that. He said, yeah, he's with it. And so I, I want and I want to do it right. Do a James impersonation because that's not, I, I know that wasn't James's response. Like, uh, yeah. He was probably like, uh, brother, if that's something that you feel inspired. And I say, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to he's laid so back. James. <laughs> Man, like that's James is gonna have to do some like voiceovers of a documentary. Yeah, you're right, man. You can imagine this cat when he's an old dude. He gonna come into his full James. This man, he gonna have the advice, the knowledge, the years. He goes like this, and you, know, you see the old Detroit. He be like he be talking to him two hours before you know he's talking to his brother about Detroit. But um, yeah. So I mean, but you know, he him being the cool guy he is, he agreed to it, and so we're doing this series, and it's um, it's gonna be fun, man. It's just. So we we did protect her, protect him, 
we did um, love her, love him. So now we're doing please her, please him. And then the final one would be respect her, respect him. Hmm. Um, I didn't. Need, you need to come perform on respect her, respect him. Okay, I'm yeah, with it. You with I'm it? With it. Let's do I'm it. With it. Yeah. I'm with it. And um, that's going to be the last one in the series, and I think you'd be perfect for that. I, I'm your with politics, that. your vibe, and they'll that. love it. Yep. I'm with that. Yeah. And pl- plus, I, I think about the women. My, my audience be like mostly black women with income. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I ain't about to cheat them, have some corny some corny dudes on there. They're like, who? They trust me, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, curating these I'm curating theory. these things right. It got to yeah, be brothers yeah. that represent well. It can't yeah. be like we just up there just reading anything just to or get some. Even yeah. how they carry themselves, period. Because it's period. like sometimes <laughs> it's some dope people, yeah. performers, but they they still caught up in other stuff mentally yes. where it's like, damn, I can't rock with you because I can't rock with I you. I can't rock with you. Yeah. You know? Yep. Man, that's that's it. And we don't want to talk about that, but it's real. We all have a right to work with whoever we want to work with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's our stuff. Detroit is different. When you asked me to do this, I was honored. I'm like, okay, because I've seen the work you put into it. And I've seen Thank the you, logo. Sir. I've seen, I come in here and this is very impressive. And I'm Thank like, you. and I see from everything from the colors matching up to like you you yeah. got it right and so and it's gonna be more over time and we gonna talk yeah. people don't know but in the winter it may be more yeah this man yeah yeah maybe <laughs> more yeah definitely i like it you know piper got her thing on this is this is this is how you represent well so the same mindset you're applying to this i like to mm-hmm. apply it to the poetry just i want to represent well we from detroit but we ain't from bumpkinville usa no. you know what i'm saying we ain't got to do things in a certain way no you know what you, I'm saying? you can do it with a certain prestige yes and standard that you set and you still can grow on that standard because yep. sometimes you know sometimes i've been a part of things where people try to go so far where it you know, it becomes too overwhelming and adding too much. It's like, yeah, we're going to have the sushi table over there. We're going to have back massages over there. We're going to have, and it's like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You just want to do a cool event. Yeah. (laughs) Get some good speakers, get some good light, make sure it's a parking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think we can do it. And then maybe we grow to the sushi table and the massage table guy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you can go to some of this stuff and, and it's, yeah, and I understand the intentionality, but it's like you don't have you don't have to go from zero to a hundred with it. You don't. You really don't. And so and so just to wrap up the whole thing about this event, you know, it's it's we won't have the massage guy in there and all that, but we will have wonderful art on the wall. It's at the Nanamdi Gallery. So right now guy. we ain't gonna have the massage dude. <laughs> oiled up with no shirt, giving massages in the back. Wait, I can't do it, man. I just can't do it. Um, but we will have. Um, um, really dope art. So Ty Sawyer, whose exhibit is up right now, hmm. um, you'll be able to you'll, you'll be able to see his exhibit basically. Cool. Um, and the cool thing is, he'll be doing an artist talk um, hmm. that day. So if you come for all my VIPs that come early, your VIP, um, come at eight o'clock, have you some drinks, some food early, mix mm-hmm. and mingle. Um, I'll do a private performance. Plus, we'll have Kari Turner. I mean, I was, um, sorry, I'm sorry, Kari again got shot him up for some reason. And we'll have Ty Sawyer. Uh, doing um, artist talk, talking about his exhibit. Okay. Well, which will be really hot. So um, that's that's what you really you wouldn't want those VIP tickets. So if anybody, if you go online, uh, the brown paper tickets um, dot com, and you search please her, please him, or if you just go to my social, Joel Fluent Green presents. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever. You'll see that. Yeah. You'll see that on this Detroit is different post. To get awesome. the tickets as well. Awesome. Yep. So you just know. go to that link and thirty bucks for VIP. You get um, early admission. 
Um, you can drink and eat and hang out early. You also get to um, attend the artist talks. We, we hear Ty talk about his artwork and get, give descriptions about mm -hmm. his influences and why he made these pieces. And then also I'll give a short performance um, in the Black Box Theater at the Nomdi Gallery. So it's going to be hot. Yeah. And then the main show starts after that. You give, you have your seating early, too. So it's worth it. So it's 30 bucks for one person or $50 for uh, for two. That's little, dope. little discount, yep. That's dope. Yep. All right, so with that, what's your take on, and, and you travel with it, but yeah. what's your take on poetry in Detroit right now? Um, we have and, let's, a, and, and I'm just talking straight Detroit, and then we can talk Detroit compared to other places because sure. I know it's like two different discussions. Yeah, well, Detroit itself is, is dope. We have some amazing writers. We have some amazing talent. Detroit's one of those places where we breed really good talent. Mm -hmm. So as much as we want to sit here, like it's it's easy for us that have been in the game for a long time to talk about oh, this person sound like this and everybody sound the same, blah blah blah. But really, the truth is, we got some amazing talent. I know poets like um, uh, uh, Phoenix Pharaoh, who is amazing, mm -hmm. amazing poet. Um, yeah, I mentioned Jamal May earlier. Uh, man, we have some uh, Esau Parker, who's also doing my show. Please, her, please, him. He's an amazing poet. Um, we have some just incredible, hardcore, dope writers here and performers and, and people that put a lot of work into it. So I'm really proud of our scene. I ain't going to lie. I think um, I like the work I do here. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, people do it. There are a lot of events here. Every day of the week, there's somewhere to go watch some poetry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to just shout stuff out randomly because I do feel like there are different degrees of quality. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, let's just be real. Like, I'm a nice guy, so I tend to do these interviews, and I'm just like, oh, there's poetry every day. And da, 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 da. But really, it's like I got to think about how I steer people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and that's important. I don't want to just steer people to anything. But, it, you know, not just my shows, too, though. There's more than just what I do. There's so much more. So mm -hmm. I want people to know that there are people doing really clever things with it. But just remember that we as a city deserve the best. Um, and I want us to think about and be mindful of what we're giving people. We don't deserve the Tyler Perry version of everything. We deserve the the, the, yeah. the Spike Lee. You know what I'm saying? We deserve mm -hmm. the the Jordan Peele. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The Donald Glover stuff. And I feel like a lot of times we gotta give our, our people these things. You know, um, the best. All right. Uh, so yeah, we have a good scene though. We do have a good scene, and um, I'm proud of it. All right. So when you talk about that compared to other places, uh, as far as like yeah. the, the venues and where it can go. Yeah. Because, I mean, you 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 touch some of the other places. Um, yeah. What do you see next uh, or what do you think could be added as one of the biggest things I've always thought as a performer is the, the best thing that can help most performers are people that aren't performers investing in the. I guess the industry or the structure or the careers of people that are performers, but let me get your take on. It. Oh, definitely. We need, you know, funders and grants, or, oh, you know, grants. We talked about, uh -huh. but we need money and backing and we need support and we need space, physical spaces mm -hmm. uh, that support us. We need to own these spaces and, and, and really, um, invest. Like when you doing this, this is all you, you don't need mm -hmm. to go to bamboo Detroit, Mm -hmm. or anywhere to do this you're like i got this here mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying this is dope this is how you this is the thinking that i need to adapt more of you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying because i feel good about what i do but at the same time i don't have a physical space i'm still relied on mm -hmm. other different people venues. yeah different venues and stuff and so um i think we need to think about that more i think that um, on that same you know in my entrepreneurial mind yeah in that same space and i know this is hard like unionizing or but do you do you think maybe a set of rules or codes could be 
established or adopted or created uh, that could, you know, be given even to people like me, because sometimes I'm the promoter and I produce events or whatever of like, OK, this is the standard at which you need to be thinking when you do something with spoken word. Like, I don't even know what that <laughs> is, like like uh, spoken word protocol. I, yeah. But you, you kind of get where I'm going. I at. totally get where you're going. Uh, yeah. The rules to this. Um, I just say I, I leave. I try to lead by example. That's it because I can't I, I can't preach to nobody I can't tell nobody how to do their stuff and honestly I might talk and, junk and I'm about not even saying you yeah but I'm saying just a collective do you think something like that could be created and if it existed maybe not everybody executes it but being that it exists it's like one of the seeds in the ground yeah and I mean this is just a new idea because like even with hip hop that's kind of what I'm thinking and maybe we can think this through for whatever it may be like a two-year project and even creating what those rules are but <laughs> but you you know what i'm yeah. saying like to just build like a higher standard of what the oh, stage man. becomes yeah just, you know that's tough though because people have different sensibilities man you know you. and, and yeah. in a city like detroit yeah it's touchy when you're trying to say to certain sensibilities you can't rock with them you know what i'm saying or you. they don't deserve a platform because because they do so like i said I, I was talking about these erotic shows and i make these little jokes and i don't do them but those things be it packed. It has an audience. Yeah, they be packed. Yeah, they selling tickets. You yeah. know, and it's like, and I ain't mad at it. You know, yeah. and even with a, I'm doing a show called Please Her, Please Him. It's not an erotic show, but I know just by the title alone, people mm -hmm. that like those types of shows are going to be checking for it more. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed that as far as the analytics around this show, people are like, you know, clicking on it more, mm -hmm. buying tickets more than that because I know that sex sells. It just sells. Sex mm -hmm. sells, and people like. They think it's yeah. gonna come out in the speedo. <laughs> it ain't happening. Sorry, <laughs> ladies. Ladies, I know. Like, I know. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint y'all. I know y'all want to see all this skinny bodies oiled up with a speedo, ladies. But you know it ain't gonna happen today, uh, Saturday, July twenty eighth. But now this magic mic. <laughs> nah, man. That's funny, well, but um, so I it, it gets touchy, you know. But I mm -hmm. just think that our, our each our responsibility is if you feel like something's missing, then to supply it, and rock with people that feel the way you do, and then lead by example and just set a standard, and then just work hard to make some money with that standard. Because people think that something ain't gonna make no money, they ain't gonna do it, you know. Mm -hmm. They if people there are people that I I know poets that say I want to be a better poet but all they do is write erotic poetry all the all and that's it but how you you know how do you want to be a better poet if you're not writing about different things what are you doing I you guess know they might they might they they like where you were at from 13 to 17 <laughs> yeah, yeah but if you a grown man you should have handled that by now you should be on uh, something yeah, else yeah. that should be a part that I should be just be dudes, i know some dudes the smashaholics like, that's fine too but smashaholics anonymous like hey. i can't stop thinking about it it just messes me up i guess i guess so <laughs> hey, you know what i was there at one point probably i go <laughs> keep this thing real but it's like you know, I was focused. I was focused. I was focused. Yeah. The next thing you know, I went to Instagram. Derailed my whole day. Derailed my whole day. Yeah. <laughs> the gram. The gram. <laughs> the gram. The gram is, is it's real too. Yeah, thirst trapping on the gram. That's <sighs> almost the whole. Uh, like it's gonna be thirty years from now. It's gonna be like uh, philo philosophy professors that'll talk about the, the lack of productivity in American men because of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Productivity was at an all-time low during 2016. To 2000. Like, what? Track when Kim Kardashian put up naked right. pictures. It was over with. That's so funny. So, 
we gonna close with the classic Detroit is different questions. But yes, before sir. we get to those, how do people get in contact with you if they want to? Uh, so if you want to get in contact with me, uh, my website is joelfluentgreen.com. Um, you can go to that. It's just my name, J-O-E-L-F-L-U-E-N-T-G-R-E-E-N-E.com. Also, my social media is all Joe Fluent Green. So Instagram, Facebook. I don't be on the Twitters like that. But, I, you know, I need to get my tweets on, too. So I'll probably mm-hmm. start doing that more. Um, and then let's see, uh, you know, just, yeah, on those things. My those, Instagram those and ways. Facebook heavy. Yeah, just just be on okay. those things. And you can find out about all the events and whatever I'm doing. And you can uh, order books, by the way. If you want to order a book, I want to check mm-hmm. out some of my poetry. My website is perfect for that. Yeah, you were even a fan of, we got to bring him back. We're going to make more skits with it. But the... The joke of it, because uh, just how serious I think trap rappers were and, and poets were. That's what yes. that trap poet with Cliff. That was so great. Wait, 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 wait. We, Let's we talk about that, that again. <laughs> you guys had, I wanted a piece of that. I want. I wanted to battle somebody or something. Hey, we, oh well, we, we gonna bring that back soon. So please. when we bring that back, we will bring back. Because the thing is, it's like we need to make like four different characters with Cliff. Okay. So maybe we bring you into the creative. I'm world. so down, and then he can he can do an appearance at one of my shows as Trap. <laughs> we ain't gonna explain it. We just gonna have him come out and just blow their friggin' minds, bro. Yeah, it, we were we we were getting off the rails. I was getting too creative. I was like, man, we should make something called Trap Live Matter. Trap Live. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, man, this is getting into quarters. That's too much. <laughs> Trap lives matter. <laughs> oh my god! But I was like, that's how serious. If y'all gonna do it, matters. do it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably gonna be like Kodak Black next album. Yes, something. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody gonna hear this and be like, yes, what? <laughs> that's all it takes. Trap lives matter. Trap lives matter. All right, classic Detroit is different. You'll definitely get in on that with Cliff. Got to. Uh, first, what was your very first car? <laughs> very first car Jesus uh, Christ year making model and what year did you get oh come on man you know I've always been a hippy dippy poet guy so I've never really had a car like that to be honest with you I've had uh, girlfriends with cars this is the truth man like I just yeah I was Nah, I'm I'm not I'm not that type of Detroit. So, unfortunately. so it was the it it was, it was uh, what are their names? Let's see, I can tell you the names of the girls. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I had All a Keisha. I had a uh, Lakeisha. Uh, this or that, uh, whatever, right? Yeah. So okay, that's generally always first. The second question is, you're the it's the end of the Detroit fireworks. You're okay. at Jefferson and Woodward. Okay. You get to play three songs for the crowd. What okay. three songs are you playing? Oh. Oh, these are some good questions. The end of the Detroit fireworks. Three songs for the crowd. Yep. Before I let go. Okay. Frankie Beverly and May. This is Detroit. Okay. You know. Um, oh, end of the day, fireworks. Yep. We got it. People going home, feeling good. Um, Nights over Egypt. Okay. Jones girls, and then uh, it's Detroit people. Uh, ooh. What's going on, Marvin Gaye? Yeah, it's, it's feeling like yeah. you. Uh, it's like you the you the Burt's where you like the Burt's barbecue warehouse, uh, like boombox. Yeah, <laughs> that's playing. And, <laughs> and then plus, you want people to go home with a good vibe. You know what I'm saying? You want them to like. Yeah. You want them to feel like peaceful. Like, all right, it's after the fireworks. Let me take my butt home. <laughs> Get that's some sleep. Everybody's. Oh, make love. Yeah. But yeah, you hit you hit with. Uh, you actually, what's going on? You're the second person to pick that. I'm surprised really? that more more people don't pick that. 
Yeah, it makes you feel good. It needs you in a, in a, in a pensive mood. You're thinking, mm-hmm. you're thinking about life, thinking about blackness, you're thinking about Detroit. And uh, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, and the last one. If you could rename what would after one Detroiter, who would it be and why? Automatically, I went to Comb Him Young, but I mean, I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, he is the obviously the most voted. Yeah. Um, Stevie Wonder. Mm. Just because, uh, you know, it's it's just he represents, uh, you know, uh, hmm. I, you know, if, I, if I'm gonna be honest, my first answer would definitely be Coleman Young. But if yeah. you go Stevie, let me say this: it's two artists that their music, like I can't play anything else out of after listening to their music. Okay, Prince yeah. and Stevie. It's like their vibe. Like, because yeah. even with George Clinton in Parliament, I can play something else. Like, I can go over to Rick or I can oh, go to yeah. Lakeside or I, I can, you know, get into some, of uh, you know, Zap or something. But, like, it's hard to play out of some of that Stevie stuff other than Stevie. Yeah, you got to have, like, a whole Stevie set is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, like, Stevie yeah. is, like, his own. It's very tough to – Prince is like that, too. That, like I oh, say, they're yeah. the only two artists I, that I have that it's hard to just like drop a, you know what I'm saying? I totally get that, yeah. Because you just want to hear more. Like, of it. okay, let me, you know, with Mike, you can play, you know, don't stop till you get enough. You can damn near mix that into whatever. Oh, you know I what see. Saying? So as a DJ, is that yeah, like if you oh, playing okay. like a mix of music or whatever, but yeah, you almost end up in a whole set worth of yeah that vibe. Yeah, Raspberry Beret, you're gonna be continuing to pay play Prince. I totally get that, yeah. You could probably run into some, like, Raspberry Beret. You could probably run into some, like, uh, Robert Palmer or something. You could. <laughs> you, you could, but, you go won't, but like wouldn't you rather end up back yeah. with, you know what I'm saying? That's true. But they, that seems disrespectful to go from Prince to Robert Palmer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like Raspberry Beret, uh, sign of the time. Like, I don't know. It's like you're going to go yeah. in that mix of, you know, and Stevie – is also the only other artist I got where it's just like, mm, I don't even know what else you can play. That's true, Like, man. the music is so rich, it's that thick. Stevie. Stevie's my favorite, like, writer. I mean. When it comes to poetic type, you know. He made a whole album about pl- his relationship with plants. Yeah. He's and a, it was a good out. It, you know what I'm saying? Secret Life of Plants, yeah, it's a good album. Yeah, I mean, cause I mean, think think you to A and R, and somebody comes in and says, you know, <laughs> yo, I'm about to do this whole album about plants. You're like, oh man, yeah. about to lose my job. <laughs> I guess by that point he was just like, you know what, I'm Stevie Wonder. I mean, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, still, you know what I mean? Yeah. You thinking like, oh man. Yeah. Yep. That's the man, though. Well, yeah, well, Stevie Wonder or Coleman Young. But yeah, yeah so I, I, if Stevie, I'm all for Stevie. Yeah. I'm all I'm all for Stevie. The uh, a, a genius of words and sounds. Um I should have threw you off and said Benjamin Carson or something. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Carson he, Boulevard. He went to the timeline and be like, I'm not coming, I'm with my money back. <laughs> Benjamin Carson. <laughs> <laughs> 
Detroit is different. Detroit. You got them type of black dudes here. You really do. They deserve it's a, crazy. A they, to they're drive here. Down. <laughs> I mean, me or you aren't associating oh, with them all God. the time, but they exist. They really do. And you run into one, and you're like, "Damn, where did they make him? Ugh. Are you from? Are where are you from?" And then he'll be like, "Well, my parents grew up on, uh, yeah, on Alter Map. Yeah, <laughs> they went to U of D. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, man. Exactly. And then but. they brother is like in the Nation of Islam. Like, <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's always wild when people have different religions. Like I met a guy who is um." Who's Muslim, devout, and his brother's a Mormon. Like, what happened there? Like, what's, yeah, I know. Like, it's whole two different, you know. Yep, it, it's people like that's that. That's interesting. Like, uh, like Sterling, I'm gonna leave on this in that same religion thing. Like, Sterling, it was a dude, he was like, uh, <laughs> I guess in, in his life, a gang member, but then he ended up, because Sterling used to live down the street from the Fisher Mansion with the, the Hari Krishnans. Oh wow! Ended up going going in there one day and became a Hari Krishna. And it's like, damn man, how you go from folk to Hari Krishna? <laughs> <laughs> from folk, <laughs> throwing up, throwing it up, to sitting down in peace. <laughs> Gang banging to tamarind clanging. <laughs> hey, it's like we basically Takashi Six Nine was Hari Krishna one day in the airport. Like, hey, hey. Hey, what Gosh, type of hustle is this? <laughs> what type of hustle is this? I don't even know how that works, man. That's funny. <laughs> but religion's plan. appealing and the peaceful aspects of the state. You know, you can just go in and just, okay, I'm putting away all my worries. <laughs> I'm just about this life. That's very appealing if you think about it. You know, it's like, like, like being a Buddhist monk is appealing to me. Yo, I like solitude. So. <laughs> well, if you if if your sister who who yeah. one day I got to interview her too, and she yeah. Film, after your project, if, if we can convince it, because talk about a documentary, I just want to see out of guilty pleasure, the from folk to Christian, is the, <laughs> the, that's a, one that's man's a journey, Netflix same day play, <laughs> folk to Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Like nah, <laughs> what movie was like? Used to be a a crip. No, used to be. A, well, we used to be a blood. So he can't say Krishna. He says Brishna. <laughs> nah, nah, fool. I'm a Brishna. Like <laughs> what is this? Hari Brishna. <laughs> like what? You know, Krishna starts with a K. I don't. I don't. I don't bear. <laughs> I don't bear. <laughs> Seems like we already making a separate skit. <laughs> we got we got trap poets cut. <laughs> the trap Krishna. <laughs> so I we gonna keep that. this moving. Thank you, sir. Hey man, thanks for having me, brother. This is fun, man. All right, peace. Peace.